Welcome to The 12th Story, a podcast from the Mercantile Library where readers gather to connect, debate, and discuss. The Literary Center of Cincinnati, The Mercantile, is a 184-year-old working library with more than 80,000 books available to members. The library organizes book discussion groups and writing workshops and welcomes thousands every year to its author talks, lectures, and other civic events. Harriet Beecher Stowe and Herman Melville, Colson Whitehead, and Zadie Smith all have spoken at Mercantile events. Located at 414 Walnut Street in downtown Cincinnati, we always welcome new members and guests. You belong here. I'm Hillary Copsey, book advisor at the Mercantile. We're talking today about the contentious question, which is better, the book or the movie? Thanks to a new collaboration between the library and the mini micro cinema, people will have a chance to debate this regularly at Adaptation, a book club and movie discussion. The series kicks off May 13th with a discussion at the Mercantile of the graphic novel Ghost World by Daniel Klaus, followed by a May 20th screening at the mini micro cinema of the 2001 film Ghost World, starring Thora Birch and Steve Buscemi. Mini Micro Cinema volunteers Lillian Currens and Michael Sweeney will lead both discussions. Lillian Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. So um, my understanding is this, this book club movie discussion was kind of your brainchild. What was the thought behind it? Um, I think it probably started a screening. We just started... T- I have no idea. I think we just started talking about it, and one of us was said to Jacqueline, like, this is would be a great idea. Let's please do this. And then both of us just pestered her enough until <laughs> it became a reality. Yeah, and you're a book lover. Yeah, yeah. Um, a reader, as am I. Um, so I think we just wanted an excuse to bring these two worlds yeah, together. Yeah. yeah. I think um, I've been trying and failing to do a book club for a while. Um, and I think that the film aspect is interesting and different and I think it'll mm. bring people out in a way that like just reading a book maybe wouldn't. Yeah. So yeah, it just kind of came from a love of books and f- an equal love of books and film. You mentioned you were at a screening. Was it a particular an adaptation of some sort? I don't even think it was. Um, no, it was just an ongoing conversation. Yeah, it's just we been something. Having. Yeah. Yeah. It's been something we both, it's just been on our minds for yeah. a while. Yeah. <laughs> So, generally speaking, what's better, the book or the movie? Oh, <laughs> we were actually, we were talking about this, um, and we got into a discussion where there are some books where that we think are better than the movies, and some movies that we think are better than the books. But usually um, the book. Yeah, typically usually the book. Usually the book. I am definitely in the book camp. Um, yeah. yeah, usually the book. But I also think that they can act as two pieces of art on their own, like even if it is an adaptation. Um, For instance, I don't want to go too much into Ghost World, but the plot of Ghost World is not the same plot as the book. The, The movie and the book have completely different plots, and both are interesting explorations of a relationship, but not the same relationship. So I think that they can stand by side by side. Obviously, there are some horrible adaptations of books. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that if the director goes in a direction that's not just doing like a word for word um, retelling, I think that can be a really interesting mm-hmm. like form of art way to look yeah. at it. 
they can complement yeah. one another. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I think that there are some exceptions that kind of prove the rule. Like mm -hmm. generally speaking, I think the book is almost always better. Yeah. But mm. then I think of things like, uh, this is top of mind right now, but Game of Thrones, those books mm. are, I'm still <laughs> angry that I've read them. Like it's a, a gigantic waste of time. I haven't the read them bad. or watched the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm very out of touch in that <laughs> respect. Well, I cannot recommend the books. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, or the other one I always think about is um, uh, Emma. Out of all the Jane mm. Austen movies, it it's, is my least favorite. Yeah. But the uh, Alicia Silverstone version yeah. is uh, clueless, is I mean, that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah sure, oh, yeah. Sure. It's, I mean, that's another where they are two totally, like, different pieces of work. And it's such, like, a fun adaptation. Like, it's so creative that you're kind of like, oh, okay. Like, the, it, you know. It made yeah. me understand Austin better. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm -hmm. It's, like, a very fun modern-day retelling. And that's, like, kind of, you know, you can get into... Uh, so many teen movies that are just either Shakespearean adaptations. I mean, and things I hate about you. Yeah, yeah, like, sure. um, That's a good one. It's a great well. one. Yeah. yeah. And that, I mean, that it's so fun to see that. And it, mm -hmm. it, that even goes, we really didn't talk very much about like those no. kind of movies. But like the um, Shakespeare adaptations yeah. specifically. Um, yeah. I think That's what's true. another one with Amanda Bynes, Twelfth Night. She's all that. Oh, that. She's one. all that. Right. Or, yeah. Yeah. That's what that. it's called. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or maybe, no, it's called She's the Man. That's what that's it's called. All right. Right. She's All That She's was all that another was 90s rom-com. But yeah. it could be an adaptation for all we know. <laughs> I think maybe adaptations are better when they're looser rather than being like strip, strict, faithful adaptations because then maybe you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, um, yeah I can't really think of a like a scene for scene adaptation that mm. is incredible. Has anyone seen Cosmopolis? No. Mm -mm. It's not very good. <laughs> uh, it's a We're adaptation full of, of recommendations a, today. <laughs> yeah, right. We're film lovers here. Yeah. Um, it's an adaptation of a Don DeLillo novel, and it's okay. very faithful. Like, the dialogue is lifted right out of yeah. the book, but it just doesn't work. Yeah. And one of the things we were talking about yesterday is that... Um, you can fit a lot more story into a novel than you can a feature-length film. Mm -hmm. And so I think in a lot of cases, uh, when they attempt to adapt something, they have to cut a lot out. Mm -hmm. And that's where you get, get into trouble. Yeah, maybe. yeah. yeah. It's, we were actually talking about how um, a lot of short stories make really great adaptations. Um, I actually have not read it, but I just... Highly recommend um, the film Border. It's a, a Swedish film, um, and it's adapted from this a short story from the author uh, John Lindquist, who did Let the Right One In, mm -hmm. um, which is a great film adaptation, actually. Um, and it's about trolls, which seems very. I yeah, I was yeah, it's, skeptical. Yeah, when you tell people what it. it's about, they're like, oh. But it's so, it's such a beautiful film, and it's adapted from 
his short story, Border. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, John Lindquist is so, so good at making, um, like, the fantastical it's deeply human. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very interesting. If um, That's well put. Yeah. If you've ever seen Let the Right One In or read, I mean, the book is one of my favorites, but he does a great job. And the, that film was highly recommended, but based on a short story. So it's mm. like, here's this very simple plot. The plot is not, you know, overwrought. Um, but it makes a great feature-length film because you can add so much scenery, um, create an atmosphere that you I, that with a book would require um, a much different approach. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. I mean, two very mainstream films as to that point: um, The Shawshank Redemption yeah. and Stand by Me. Those yeah. are mm. both. It's actually from the same collection. Yeah. There's a Stephen right. King collection of novellas called Four Seasons, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. two of the four were made into those movies. Yeah. Which I mean, I think that there was a third that came from there that is collection. A, apt pupil. That, thank you. I yeah. could not remember the name <laughs> of it the other right. day. I was driving myself nuts. And the fourth collection, the story in that collection is uh, Breathing Lessons, and mm. I think would make a brilliant film. Let's um, make it. So. <laughs> we'll round Just it out. Round it out, yes. Yeah. Um, the, when you have those smaller plots, it mm-hmm. is a little easier to, yeah. to get that same atmosphere. Mm. I think um, one of the questions becomes like, what what do you do first? The book first or the movie first? And how, how mm. does that inform the other one? I, I think that almost comes, because there's definitely been movies I just happened to see first um and then I read the book so I think it's almost I I think ideally the you should read the book first um but I don't think that's always how it happens and I also I think it's kind of interesting maybe because I actually saw Ghost World before I read it yeah so did I um and it's very it's very different Mm -hmm. but um yeah I think Ideally, book first, but why? Why ideally? Um, because I usually I think they're better. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that you can get more of the idea of a story, um, an atmosphere, and it's also you make up what these characters look like in your mind, mm-hmm. what this atmosphere looks like in your mind, and then you see the movie and you're like oh, this isn't what I expected. Or where the, it doesn't really work the other way around. Yeah, once you see those images, yeah. it's hard to, to create your own images yeah. Yeah, with the sure. book, right? Mm-hmm. You're just seeing the actor's faces yeah. in your mind as you read. I'm agnostic. I feel like uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm giving very non-committal answers here. Um, I feel like whatever one you start with, it's going to sort of ruin the other. Yeah. So. So this idea for a book movie club yeah, is really well. bad. No, I'm kidding. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll come up with a better answer yeah. once we've done more of these. There have been a few books that I was so frustrated by the books. And I think movies have a tendency to want to wrap up, right? Yeah. Like they want everything to be a neat package mm-hmm. in a way that sometimes books just aren't. Yeah. Sure. Um, and so books that have frustrated me, uh, I'm thinking there's a a book version of Chocolat, mm-hmm. the Johnny Depp film. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Is there? I didn't know there that. There is. And <laughs> yeah. it is an incredibly frustrating <laughs> book. And the movie is 
not so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Everything wraps up nicely at the, the end. A pleasant like, watch. Exactly. <laughs> There's a happily ever yeah. after. It like is very, like I said, pleasant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and less frustrating than the books. Um, uh, another Stephen King example, because um, we were talking about, you know, is there a book that you, or a movie you like better than a book? Um, and I love Stephen King, huge Stephen King fan, but I honestly like De Palma's Carrie better than the book, mostly because it is such an early King book and he really hasn't like developed his classic style yet. Uh, and I read an interview with Stephen King where he um, praises De Palma for the ending because that, that classic wardrobe ending, De Palma basically invented where her hand she visits the grave and the hand like shoots out of the grave um the villain's not and uh king was basically said like i was so impressed with this ending Mm -hmm. so it's this chance to wrap something up Mm -hmm. and also terrify sure audiences um and i think it's the book and the movie endings are very different because in the book a house collapses on her yeah. uh, in the end of the novel she just dies in a parking lot um, so mm. it's a little anticlimactic yeah, it's, it's a little anti- it's, <laughs> I, it's how does she much, die in the parking lot I, I think she oh god it's been a minute but I think her powers are too strong for her mm. and she just sort of implodes. She like implodes right? in the parking mm. lot, which mm-hmm. is, you know, such a Stephen King thing to do. Um, but <laughs> it's also kind of like, I think I'm done writing the book yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so it, it's just like, it's, it's interesting also, you know, I love reading like uh, Stephen King's hot takes on um, the films mm-hmm. adaptations of well, and using him. He famously hated the shining. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is so funny to me because it's like my favorite movie of all time. (laughs) Sure. Um, And then they made a TV version of The Shining. Yeah, and he liked it. Yeah, he (laughs) sort of dictated the TV version. Yeah. But it's uh, definitely inferior to the Kubrick version. King is kind of infamous for just having really bad remakes of Mm. his... (laughs) Like it's there's definitely a it's a made for TV style of um, yeah, unfortunately yeah, unfortunately. And maybe authors aren't maybe they're not necessarily the best people to spearhead their own adaptations. Yeah, and I've heard that from some authors who say, "Listen, I'm not a screenwriter. Somebody mm-hmm. else needs to do this." Yeah, sure. I mean, some people are able to do both, but not and everybody, it's, right? It's rare, right? <laughs> I think it is rare. Although Daniel Klaus, to bring it back to Ghost World, he did. Uh, co-write the screenplay with Terry Zweigoff and it's an excellent screenplay like just as a piece of writing yeah it's quite good so that's an interesting question too so in that case he did write both the book and he had Mm -hmm. a hand in the screenplay but they're such different yeah, yeah they're very different so it's almost like since he did help with the screenplay it's almost like okay I get to continue their story in this completely different direction then it goes in the in the actual book right because they are so so different (laughs) well the yeah the characters 
and some of the scenes and the tone are the same, yeah. but um, they sort of take those elements and extrapolate mm -hmm. and um, build a different plot. Um, yeah, I, I almost imagine that uh, Daniel Klaus thought, well, if we're doing this again, I'd rather like do something new and mm -hmm. take it in a new direction yeah. rather than just retelling yeah. I the same story as the graphic I novel. wonder if he even knew how much this particular story was going to blow up because it was part of a bigger collection. It was right. part of the eight ball collection. Yeah. So I, you do even wonder like, oh, what could I, he, maybe he was like, what could I have done differently? Mm. Um, I'm sure he's spoken on this. So we yeah, could look it up. <laughs> I, I read an interview with him and it sounded like he was surprised at the way the graphic novel uh, became a cult classic. Um, he just, like he said, um, these stories were originally included with another mm -hmm. comic. Yeah, it was 8-Ball, which is... Um, like a serial... Yeah, it was a serialized. Yeah. Um, An interesting fun fact, uh, Ghost World was based off a female friendship in um, a film, I believe, it has Angela Lansbury in it, um, but... I think it's called uh, The World According to Henry Orient, and it follows the female friendship of these two, like, 15-year-old girls who are in love with this, like, kind of jerky um, concert pianist um, who's having an affair, and he is paranoid that they're following him around as spies, but really they're just in love with him. Just um, obsessed teenage yeah. girls. So Angela Lansbury was one of the teenage girls? I th no, Angela oh. Lansbury is like, I think she's the mom. Gotcha. Um, she's got some great outfits on it. You we should, should watch yeah, that. Yeah, I really want to watch it. For the screening. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but it looks fun and, and madcap. Um, mm. Yeah. So out of curiosity, why did you all decide to start with Ghost World? There's so many different adaptations to choose from. Yeah, so why start sure. with this one? Um, we kind of wanted to do something at first that was very, very readable. And um, I don't want to say digestible is maybe not the right. But something that a lot of people maybe either have read and loved when they were younger or... Um, they can I, pick up and yeah, quickly. Yeah, I, I think it's yeah, a, a really... here. It's like an hour of your time. Yeah, yeah sure, sure. It's yeah. a very easy to get into book. Um, and I think that's going to be important to just just, just suss out, you know. Um, we just want to get it started. Um, so I think, yeah, just I, we wanted to pick a very readable book, um, a very well-loved book. I think a lot of people um, have seen and related to the movie it's so culty yeah it's yeah. so it's so quotable too like um my roommate and I we always um the art teacher who shows that who's wild, in the movie but yeah not the she's not novel. in the graphic novel yeah what was the quote you she, were saying to she me shows yesterday. that movie where she's like throwing doll's heads in a toilet or something or something like that. And yeah. she keeps repeating, mirror, father, mirror. And it's, it's sort of like so a satirical <laughs> take of like an art, uh, yeah. like an experimental. Um, there's just so film. many like funny, quotable lines from the film. I remember um, my parents had a VHS copy 
And they were like, don't wash that. Those girls are bratty, and we don't want you to get ideas. <laughs> and I washed it, and I was like, I'm already these two teenagers. Yeah, it's already happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I just reread it to prepare for this yeah. um, for the first time in a few years. And I'm like, God, I still relate. Yeah, I'm I know. I'm still Enid <laughs> Coleslaw. Like, she is me. I am her. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think that I think it is something adults can relate to. Yeah. Um, this sort of like uh, maybe deep down we're, we're all Enid and we feel sort of like I don't know alienated and mm. angsty even if we pretend we're not yeah, <laughs> yeah right I mean I just started um, Normal People by Sally Rooney the new book and mm. I mean that's what that's all about yeah. it's, really, you know yeah. like don't know. Waiting for your life to start. Right. And sure. like, what version of yourself are you going to be? Mm-hmm. And yeah. all of those sorts of questions. Yeah. I think those are kind of universal, right? Yeah, sure. I don't I don't think that ever really goes away, even when you become an adult. I think you're still like, when's my real life going to, like, all these possibilities are out there. But it's so intense as a teenager. And there is that nostalgia aspect of both the book and the film that I think... Yeah people just can come back to over and over and over again. And it's just so, so universal. Yeah. The intensity mm-hmm. of the directionist, directionist mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It also <laughs> feels, um, while it's universal and timeless, it also feels very specific to the time it was written. Mm-hmm. Like it feels very 90s. Yes, yeah. it does. And Gen X to me. Yes, yeah. it does. Yeah, the jadedness. I and, mean, absolutely. Yeah. the first page the panel about sassy sassy was a big deal yeah <laughs> so there's definitely like th- things in it that make it yeah so so 90s mm-hmm. um and I, I think klaus did that on purpose um he wanted to date it because he wanted to like kind of speak to a consumer culture um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that was definitely intentional. Um, and he's always, in most of his works, he's very into like speaking to consumerism and middle America. Um, so I think you know he does it beautifully in this book. But. Yeah. What other um, book movie pairings are you excited to to maybe throw into this? Oh, we have a big old list. Yeah. Um, so some of my picks, um, I really want to do uh, Brett Easton Ellis' American Psycho, um, which, I mean, I love the movie, and I've actually never read the book. Oh, gosh. Uh, but I've heard it's, it's an experience. very mm. dark. Um, Death in Venice was another one. I've mm. never seen the film, but um, a favorite of mine. Um, I wanted to do Border, which just came out. Uh, and then we were also talking about doing uh, Scarface. Mm. Um because there's several versions to watch, and I think the book came out in ni- the 1930s, and they mm-hmm. quickly made um, a, mov- a film version. Um, so, yeah, those are yeah, some. Yeah, I don't know anything about the original book. Yeah. I think I think that author, he wrote it, and then he died. Like, Have you looked for it here? Uh, I have not. have it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure it's not, like, difficult to get but who even knows if it's a great book it might just be like a 
you know, like a dime store novel that has become, you know, this, I, I have no idea. It's interesting though. So I, you mentioned it. The, so I read a book. So in our stacks here at the library, we have all these old books that we just don't get rid of. They might yeah. be gone from public libraries, but we still have them just sitting on the shelf. Yeah. And I found um, on a list of like the best mysteries by women, there was a book called In a Lonely Place by this woman, oh. newspaper oh woman, gosh. Dorothy B. Hughes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I we have a whole movie. shelf of Dorothy B. Hughes novels, and including this one. I read it. It was like reading film noir. Yeah. Like mm. the experience mm -hmm. of reading the book oh, yeah. was like watching film noir. And then I looked it up and it's it's a Humphrey Bogart movie, right? Uh -huh. Yeah, Humphrey Bogart. Um, yeah. We definitely Ray directed it. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. We talked about doing um, noir too because we both are Mm -hmm. huge, big, huge noir, big fans. noir fans. I think noir is an interesting case because um, a lot of noir novelists were also screenwriters. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of them were originally influenced by film. There was sort of like a cross-pollination happening. Mm -hmm. They were feeding off of each other. They were feeding mm -hmm. off of each other. Um, and so the novels are meant to be sort of like cinematic or script-like, mm -hmm. which is not really true of a lot of other literary genres where they're taken, yeah. like inspired by the movies yeah. so directly. Yeah, even just the description and like the atmospheric mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. feeling of the, that book was very, it just felt yeah. cinematic, it really yeah. did. I know you had um, Mildred Pierce kind of, it's not like, I wouldn't put it, Directly in noir, but that's another yeah, one that along I think line. it's yeah. it's more. I would. It, yeah. 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 Noir. Yeah. There's there's a murder. Um, yeah. Sure. Joan Crawford's in it, so it's it's so basically it's automatically noir. awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a bunch on my list as well. I'd really love to do Fat City, which mm -hmm. I was telling you about the Leonard Gardner novel, which was adapted by John Huston. Mm -hmm. um, and that is a terrific novel, one of my favorites. Um, totally different time period from the uh, from the noir stuff, but mm -hmm. um, it's kind of noir. Yeah, I guess it is noir tinged, but um, it's more of like a plotless '70s character study, both the book and the movie. Um, and there again. Leonard Gardner uh, wrote the screenplay. Other yeah. ones that you're particularly um, excited about? I mentioned Deliverance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just to keep it wholesome, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is a terrific book. I mean, I saw that movie when I was a kid. Oh, God. And, yeah, I don't know. That, was the, that tells you a lot about my childhood. <laughs> but... Um, I didn't know that it had come from like a literary novel. I mean, James Dickey was a poet, and I think that happens pretty, a lot, right? Like yeah. the movies come out and they sort of usurp, yeah, the the original material. Mm -hmm. Sure. And sometimes because they deserve to do to do that, and sometimes because yeah. that's just what more people have seen. Right. I mean, the power of Burt Reynolds and Deliverance. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. <laughs> right. It's hard to hard to fight with that. In the movie plays, it's a great movie, um, in my opinion, but it feels like a, you know, Hollywood genre film, whereas the book is much more literary than I would have mm -hmm. guessed. 
Well, uh, if people have ideas, I mean, I, obviously you guys have lots of thoughts, but yeah. if people have ideas, is there a way they can throw out suggestions? Yeah, um, so we were kind of speaking on how we wanted to do this. Um, I, we want to leave it very uh, conversation-based. So we were kind of thinking uh, the end of the first meeting, if anybody has ideas um, that they want to throw out, um, kind of get a structure of just so people know kind of what to expect because mm. um, we want we want to know if people want to do more novels short stories more graphic novels um, you know we have a very long list but uh, there's obviously a lot that we probably will never get to or aren't worth getting to right. <laughs> and some we've overlooked yeah and there's I'm sure there's there's so many mm -hmm that we've sure. overlooked. Um, so yeah, we yeah, kind we're of open input. Yeah. Definitely. We definitely want to leave the discussion, um, and the, the direction open-ended. Uh, so we're thinking, you know, first meeting, yeah. if anybody has anything to add, yeah, people um, should come prepared. Yeah, please bring a list to, please. Um, cause I'm so sure there's so much that mm. we have no idea about. Well, that's a great segue to the reminder I wanted to end this with. The reservations are open now for the first session of Adaptation, a book club and movie discussion. We'll be meeting May 13th at the Mercantile to discuss the graphic novel Ghost World by Daniel Klaus. And on May 20th, we'll meet at the Mini Micro Cinema to watch the 2001 film Ghost World. We really hope you guys can join us. Uh, until then, thank you for joining us here on The Twelfth Story. To make sure you catch every episode, subscribe through iTunes or SoundCloud. And your good words are better than any advertisement. If you like what you heard, tell your friends or tweet to us at Mercantile LIB. Today's podcast was directed and engineered by Chris Messick. Special thanks to our guests, Lillian Currens and Michael Sweeney. You can get more information about adaptation on the websites and Facebook pages of the Mercantile Library and Mini Micro Cinema. The Twelfth Story is a production of the Mercantile Library in downtown Cincinnati. Our theme music was created by Doug McDermott. Don't forget to visit us online at mercantilelibrary.com where you can learn about and register for all of our upcoming events. You belong here.